0: Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler, Big Herbie Herbock. What up, what up? And Trey, Stinky Fingers, Jose.
1: Yellow to my fellow fellows.
0: Hello, fellow. And uh, (laughs) ye are the Fantasy Football Fathers. This is our podcast. And um, if you're new to the show, fairly new show, but... We enjoy you tuning in. And uh, we've been playing fantasy football for a long time. So we hope we can help you along the way throughout this offseason and through next season. Um, so if you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. That's where we communicate with the um, community, the industry, and also post all of our episodes. But you can catch us on anywhere you listen to your podcast. We also ask if you don't mind hit a rate if you like the content, right, Trey? We're rating now. Yeah, don't
1: sound so. <laughs> 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 Sounds so worn out from saying it. Yeah, don't. Uh, I mean, if you haven't already liked and subscribed to our stuff, definitely. If you want to take the time to rate um, our show on whatever platform that you're using, it really helps us out. We
0: appreciate it very much. Uh, today we are talking about the five top five ish receivers we'll throw some others in there as well um in this year's draft so looking at rookies um before the draft happens um just kind of looking at who we like the best in terms of uh, capability and nfl potential so should be cool because this is a loaded class um, which the receiver position has been pretty pretty loaded the last few years Mm -hmm. um and we get it again this year it's probably the most um exciting group of uh players in this year's draft i would say
2: without question
0: so there's some pretty good prospects for sure and guys that could come in and be um fantasy assets uh right away so um but before we get into that because there has been some pretty big news um Debo might be out of town there in San Francisco. Who? No, Debo. <laughs> Debo Samuel uh, has reportedly wanted out of San Francisco. Um, I think the latest is that the Niners did offer him a contract with pretty significant amount, and he still requested a trade out. So don't know if he's pushing for more or if the Niners didn't pay enough in his, in his agent's opinion. Um, But pretty big um, fantasy impact, you know, depending on where he goes and on the San Francisco offense.
1: I'm curious, like what you guys heard, but my general understanding is that, like you said, the 49ers offered him a big contract like he wants, but he obviously doesn't want to stay there. And, the reason everyone thinks that he doesn't want to stay there is because he doesn't want to be used as a running back if he's not getting that extra incentive on top of like he wants top wide receiver money because he believes he's a top wide receiver, but he also wants a little bit more than that because he's also being a running back. But I don't know if you guys saw his tweet that he recently put out, and he basically said, you know, reporters' jobs are to like make stories up. The only ones that know the story are his agent, the 49ers, and him. I thought it was interesting, though. Like, that tweet is a perfect tweet for him to put out because he's not really denying anything.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily jockeying for for more money. I think part of it is his usage. He doesn't want to be a running back. He's uh, he goes, I am going to take too many hits. You know, the running backs have the shortest career in the NFL, so he yeah. takes more hits, and he's never going to do it or never be able to have a, a long career. So he's worried about that. And if you look at it, um, over the course of his career, up until this season, he only had like only one percent of his touches or three percent of his touches, something like that, came from the running back position. And then this season jumped up to like twenty two percent, and that's right. huge.
0: That's a big. And then and point. it got
2: even worse from like weeks eleven on, where they started using much more there, and he just doesn't want to do that. So, I think that's a I think it's probably the biggest factor. But that tweet that you're talking about makes it seem like there's other underlying things within the organization that he doesn't like, and that's also why he wants out. He doesn't want to be part of whatever they have going on right
1: now. Check this theory out. I heard this in the Pat McAfee show, and I thought it was really fucking interesting, is what if, you know, because he's the one who really sees what the quarterbacks are doing in camp and, like, in practice throughout the year, and we all know what Jimmy G is, game manager at best. So maybe he, like... He sees Trey Lance behind him, and he sees what Trey Lance is doing, and he's just like, I can't commit to this team long-term if they're going to commit to this guy since they drafted him in the first round. So maybe he knows something about Trey Lance that we don't, and he does not want to be a receiver for him.
2: That's that's an interesting take. Um, it could be true. It it could be true. I mean, only the guys that are on the practice field with him know what he looks like, and if he looks like shit, like why would a guy who's trying to be a top receiver in the NFL and get top receiver money – want to risk, you know, lowering his own production because he has a shitty quarterback.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, you know, it's like how shitty is Trey Lance in (laughs) practice for him to go that far, you know, and be like, I need out of here. Like, I'm not even going to give him a chance. But I don't know. I mean, like you said, he could know stuff that we don't know. I mean, you know, obviously he wants out. So... There's something going on there internally that we are, you know, that no one is in tune with just yet. Um, But
1: let's be real. Jimmy G looked like trash in the playoffs, in my opinion, especially their last game that they lost. And, like, why wouldn't they put Trey Lance in if they somewhat believed in him? That was my whole opinion. You guys, I feel like you guys didn't really agree with me on that because the whole game I'm just like, put in Trey Lance at this point. Jimmy G's just throwing the ball to fucking nobody. Yeah. So uh, yeah, <laughs> even an organization might know something that they're so scared to even put him in in a situation where their quarterback can't complete a fucking 10-yard pass. I right?
2: mean, I think I think it would be hard though to like in the playoffs like, "Hey, go on out there, kid, yeah, go do like, some go stuff." Go Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah, like,
0: dance with the girl that brought you there or whatever, but um <laughs> it's a fun analogy. Ah, uh, shit! You never heard that one? <laughs> Not as play a Pamp's, dude. <laughs> or dance with the girl that you brought, or yeah. Some, um, no, no, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll hit the like button on that one.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's interesting. But I mean, we know this. Jimmy G, he's a winner in the league when he's you know has production around him. When you ask him to go out there to win a game, he can't do it.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's proven. But I mean, he you know if they're still not willing to you know pull the trigger on Trey Lance like they traded up for Trey Lance to the yeah. third pick and took him like yeah i mean they had like no is, draft assets in the first couple of rounds in. because of it yeah, so yeah so
1: just just a quick reference on first round quarterbacks um uh, former first round draft pick Paxton Lynch was in the USFL uh, last weekend and just threw like the worst interception <laughs> possible He's, and this guy was a first round draft pick yeah. in the NFL at one point
0: that's that blows my mind that he's still playing football somewhere. Like John Elway was part of that decision. Yeah, no, like John C- Le-
2: I'm pretty sure John Elway was that decision. That's why he's no longer making those decisions <laughs> <Okay>. anymore. He's not saying they just reach our motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, he did the same thing with Brock Osweiler.
1: Yep, yep. Shout out to the Northwest, <laughs> Northwestern America. He's from like Post Falls or something, right? Post somewhere, Falls, Idaho. Somewhere, in
2: Idaho. Yeah.
0: Um. So landing spots for Debo. Kind of have been rumored for Kansas City, the Jets. There's
2: so many places. Packers.
0: Um, don't get you. someone <laughs> else. I real. seen New England. The Packers aren't. Gonna he
2: also liked it. Debo. Also liked a tweet of him in a Cowboys jersey, like right after all this came out too. Oh
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah,
2: I don't. I mean, I, that seems like a weird fit though. Like you have CD Lamb and Debo. Sal- out Yeah, CD and Debo. Out there and they basically have similar skill sets. I'm not sure how you make them work on the same field,
0: but C D Debo. They got cool names. <laughs> 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 so um all right, well let's get into Yeah, let's these get into these upcoming rookies. Rookie receivers here and talk a little rookies. Well, speaking of Debo
1: Samuel, you wanna just dive into the guy you think is like you can dive into Samuel? my number
0: one, sure, yeah. yeah. All right, go for it. Straight directly uh out of Arkansas. Six foot three, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. <laughs> Traylon Burks. Um he's number one on my list just because um I think he has the highest amount of upside and potential um on this list. And I know it's a really good group, but um I love Traylon Burks as a player. He's a freak athlete, Um, a lot of comparisons to Debo himself, and also A.J. Brown, which I kind of like the A.J. Brown comparison a little bit more.
2: He's built a little more like A.J. because Debo's pretty small. Yeah, yeah. he's taller.
0: Yeah, and uh, just everything I've seen out of Traylon Burks right now, basically his only knock on his game is that his route running isn't super refined. He hasn't really had to rely on it. He got a lot of manufactured touches and stuff like that um, in Arkansas. Um, But incredible hands, can go up and get the ball. Um, I know he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's got incredible game speed. He runs away from people. Um, Physical. um, I think he's just got the most upside on this list for me personally. And, I love that he was like from Arkansas. He dominated there um, in high school and went to his hometown, his home state school instead of you know he could have really went anywhere. Um, chose to go you know stay home and and be an absolute weapon for the Razorbacks. So um, I really like him. You know, I'm as an owner of the Green Bay Packers, I'm praying he <laughs> falls to 22 or they trade up. But um, we'll see where he goes. But I, yeah, I really like him.
1: When you say like that, like his biggest knock is his route running ability. Yeah, and I uh, think that's
0: like, I think that's okay because I think that's something that's like one of the things that can be worked on and improved at the next level. Like you look at Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of
2: depends on like what your issues are with with route running. Um, if it's just you get off balance, that that's something you can teach. Poor route running in general, though, like if you don't know the, yeah, no, he, like the proper techniques at all. It's not like that's a, a terrible
0: route runner. It's yeah. just it needs to be a little bit more refined.
2: Yeah, no, I, I get that.
1: Uh, let me refer to our, our local Seahawks correspondent. So wasn't that <laughs> like kind of DK's thing coming out, right? Like obviously physical freak, but his biggest knock was his route running. And we all saw from his rookie year on, it, just, it really wasn't a big deal once he got in an NFL locker room and had like right. those coaches around him.
2: But part of that, too, that wasn't. We never really saw the type of route running he could do at Ole Miss because they basically gave him
1: wide receiver screens and
2: go routes. That's the only thing they ever threw the ball to him for. So, like, yeah. he never had to do, you know, refined route running. So, and it's a little raw. You see it, but like, you know, when, when you're that kind of athlete, you it makes up for a lot of it, you know, especially as you get coached up as, you know, as you, as long as your guy's coachable, that's like he'll get better.
0: Yeah, for sure. Giant hands. I mean, um, it's really the only thing that I could find was maybe needs to work on the route running a little bit, but still get separation. Um, just a dominant player overall. And I love, you know, if they use him in the NFL, like they did at Arkansas a lot with, you know, end arounds and shit out of the backfield as a running back, um, you know, screens, um, as we've seen, that could be super valuable for fantasy. I think screens and end-arounds are
1: kind of um, inevitable in today's game. Yeah. Like, if he gets drafted and he gets used um, where he should be drafted, he's definitely going to be getting a lot of screens and end-arounds, a lot of motion and shit before the snap.
2: Yeah. Um, I also, I like Burks a lot, too. I think he has a ton of upside. I actually have him fourth on my list, um, and that's just because I like the other guys more. Um, but I have I think Burks will eventually be, be a very good receiver. Um, I actually see a little more um, flaws in the game than I think James did. Um, I wasn't that worried about his route running. I think that's actually pretty coachable um, for what like I've seen from him. My biggest thing with him in terms of like what he needs to work on is that for his size, there's times where he lets DBs kind of out-muscle him on these 50-50 balls and get better position than he does, which is kind of crazy seeing that, like, dude, you're six three two you're 6'3", 225. Like, you're going to be have probably 30 pounds on most DBs covering you, especially in college. So you should be doing a better job that way. Um. His run out for the catchability is really is really good. Um, he has a great he
0: has a really. He strong, had the most yak in college. I think
2: so. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know, know for sure, but I think he is. But he has a really good stiff arm, um, which is you know an uncommon thing for a lot of kids these days. Most people are just trying to juke him out of their shoes. Um, but even that for a guy his size, he actually has some pretty good good loose hips and, and some wiggle to his game, which is impressive. Um, the only other thing, and this is completely coachable, you see times where he he'll, he'll go for like that one handed catch when he has no need to do it and he'll drop a ball because of it. <laughs> and I don't know if, you know, he's idolizing OBJ or something like that where he just saw them. Like, I want to make the spectacular. It's like, sometimes you got to just make the damn catch. Yeah. Go for the spectacular one when you, when you want to because, like, he'll go up his body across the middle if he needs to. Like, do that. That's a spectacular catch even if you use two hands, you know, if you get lit up. But, like, use one hand when you need it, you know, once it's the last resort, not just because you think it's flashy.
1: Let's be real. For the last 12 years, if you're playing receiver or really just doing anything football-wise as a kid – and technically, these guys have all you know been kids uh, for most of their lives, at least besides the last few years. <laughs> you know that uh, they're all doing it on the playground. Oh, OBJ one hander. You know what I am saying? It's yeah, like right. AI and yeah. basketball. It's just yeah. totally game changing. Everyone wants to be like them and do all the flashy stuff.
0: Yeah, that's fair, but it's when you have giant hands too, it makes it a little easier to snag. <laughs> kind of yeah, those just out one of there. those
2: things. Like use two hands when you can use two hands. Like you don't have to use one hand just because you think it's cool.
1: That's what she said. I
2: don't know. <laughs> <Jeez>. oh,
0: whatever. <laughs> all right, moving on to uh next guy on the list. Um I had him at 2. I think you guys all both had him at 1. Uh, yes, indeed. Drake London, 6 foot 5. Drizzy Drake. Drake Big Ben London.
1: His name it reminds me of like a Drake album. You seen that new Drake London album? <laughs> <laughs> you drop that, that new, that new I, K, yeah, London. Yeah. <laughs> 65
0: 210 uh he's built like Mike Evans yep and he plays like him too um, but he has better run after the catch ability and, and i'll get into that he's the, he's the jump ball machine really i mean the <laughs> the guy just jumps over everyone and just snags the ball high points it uh better than anybody in this class for sure and the height helps with that um but incredible ability obviously going to be a red zone threat immediately in the NFL in his first year um yeah you guys both have him at one so what do you think Well why, why wouldn't you have met one
1: when you're saying he has he, he's the best in the class
0: he likes trail in certain things
1: oh, okay i thought you were just mean like across the board
0: no <laughs> i think in i think he's he's got some work to do in other parts of his game but i think i mean he's the best in the class at high pointing a ball jump ball situations so oh yeah think of like a red zone fade or whatever you know um I mean,
1: I I think this is the best all-around receiver in the draft. Like, when I was watching the tape, it's the only guy that really, really, really popped off the tape for me. Like, everything that he was doing was impressive to me, and I just, like, ended up locking into his tape a lot harder than the rest of the guys that we're going to talk about just because it was so good and so fun to watch. Like, but obviously, like you said, he high points the ball. He snags it out of the air. We've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast. You want receivers that don't wait for it. They grab the ball. They grab it with their hands. They're not letting it come to them. Snagging out of the air. And I noticed a lot in his route running that this is a bit of a reach, but it reminded me of almost like a Mark Cooper type things where he's like manipulating defensive backs and taking advantage of what their movement is to really increase his separation on the routes. And I, I thought that, that was really good. And obviously he's a big body dude, and we touched on a little bit, but his run after the catch is insane. So he, he seems like someone you could just plug in right now. He'll be good to go.
2: For sure. I think uh, some people have st- – you know, already typecast him as like, oh, he's just a, a jump ball guy. And I think that's completely wrong. I mean, does he, you know, win fifty fifty balls? Of course. Like honestly, with his size, and what he can high point it. He it's, should be. It, it's yeah. a, it's just like it's more of like a seventy thirty thing for him. Like he's oh, gonna win
0: most of those eighty twenty. It could be. Yeah. Um, and Sh- the three ninety reason- ten, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you ninety five five. So I mean, honestly, the
2: reason that he's so good at that, he came to USC on scholarship for football and basketball. So. Like that natural leaping ability to you know get rebounds and whatnot comes was supernatural to him he, like he's done that his entire life, basically, which is great. So he led the nation with 17 contested catch victories, is what they're calling it, and he did that in only eight games. Like we have to remember because he dislocated his ankle, he only played eight games before he the injury. He was on pace to do basically the exact same numbers that Devontae Smith did the year before when he won the Heisman Trophy. So. I mean, that's, you, we could have had back-to-back years of the receivers winning Heisman Trophies with the type of production that was being put up there.
1: Well, speaking of his broken ankle, I don't know if I cut you off there or not, but, I mean, I think we're all in consensus, right? Like, a broken ankle is really not a big deal, especially if you're going to be going to the NFL franchise. Yeah,
2: there there wasn't, like, ligament damage and, thing, and tendon damage, like, uh, things of that nature. When it comes down to just broken bones, that's just healing. And it actually wasn't even broken bones, It was just a dislocated ankle. So that's just... It's one of those things that, like, even doctors are like, "No, nah, you're fine. Like,
0: don't yeah, worry about pop it. Pop it back in. Do can of corn. <laughs> yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> just has to heal. And obviously, yeah. there is potential for rebreak or whatever. But
1: I mean, well, don't bones heal back stronger? I mean, now we're getting into yeah. shit we really don't know about. Yeah, yeah, that's, let that's talk what they about say. the science here, okay? <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> they, I mean, they do say that. Question the science, dude. Yeah,
2: so. But what I'm what I'm getting at, too, is that the reason I have Drake London number one on my board is because he's not just a possession guy. He's not a jump ball guy. People are absolutely sleeping on what he can do after the catch. First of all, when he's going across the middle and he catches the ball, he will bully DBs completely. Like, he'll put his shoulder down and absolutely run over somebody. So that's great to see. I love to see that in a receiver that's a guy that you know, invites You know, contact. Physical. That's my favorite shit, dude. (laughs) Yep. And so... You should be when you're that big, though, too. Over... And uh, comparing him to the other, like, big receivers we have on our list here, he led the group outside of Skymore. We'll get to him a little later. But he forced 22 missed tackles last year in only eight games. In comparison to the other top receivers, Garrett Wilson, 19, in 13 games. Traylon Burks, 15, in 13 games. Chris Olave, one in
0: 13 games oh, yeah, not much of a <laughs> tackle breaker there all right
2: but drake lynn had 22 in five less games than all those guys did that's huge to me
1: yeah i was gonna say like uh so that averages out to almost three per game like 22 in eight games right yeah and um if you like, i just remember looking at the nfl broken tackle leaders last year and i believe it was javante williams and somebody else and it was like basically two a game is what they came out to average so, I mean, he's definitely, like, we're talking different leagues right now. Yeah. But when someone's, you know, in the two-plus per game, broken tackles or forced missed tackles, wherever you want to say it, um, I mean, you're putting yourself in a league category. And
2: you would expect it that to be a running back number. Like, Javon back. they get more opportunities to break tackles. Receivers, you wouldn't expect them to have that kind of numbers. Yeah, he does.
1: That's an even better point, yeah, because on, what, like, 80 catches? 88 catches, right, in eight games? Mm-hmm. So, oh, let, let's kind of break this down a little bit. So, it's almost three four missed tackles a game. He's averaging 11 receptions a game. So, basically, one in four times he catches the ball, he's also forcing a missed tackle. Definitely like, p- pretty crazy stats. That boy, good. He's
0: good. No <laughs> doubt about it. Um, I just
1: want to say, I put big body motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I put in my <laughs> little It's <laughs> kind note, of
0: interesting. Peter Schrager has him going 15 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Is that the first receiver? No. Probably not at 15. He's got Jameson Williams at 10 to the Jets. Garrett Wilson at 11 to the Commanders. um, Then Drake London at 15. 11 11 to who? The Commanders. Who? (laughs) Jesus. The commies. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Now I know. (laughs) But, Could yeah. be an interesting pairing, though, with him and Devontae Smith. That would also
2: be the third straight first round the Eagles have taken a receiver. <laughs> yeah,
0: they got a hit eventually. Well, Devontae
2: looked good last year. Who was the kid before that that came out of TCU? What was his name? Rager? Rager? Yeah, Rager.
0: Yikes. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move on here to Jameson Williams himself. Six foot two, hundred and ninety pounds. I mean... What else is there to say besides he's probably the most explosive guy on this list? (laughs) Explosive. Explosive. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what he is. But coming off a torn ACL, um, that's, you know, never a great thing. But at the same time, um, you know, ACLs are so common now. And as we know, players are coming back better than ever um off of ACLs, so would expect hopefully the same with jameson but um yeah just a, a freak athlete in terms of speed and explosiveness you think of like a tyreek hill probably not that fast but that type of player
1: well i mean like you were saying like 20 acls in this day they might not be like that big of a deal co- compared to you know um uh, past times you know the dark the dark ages but i mean let's let's be real he's at alabama which has one of the most advanced facilities probably better than some of like nfl facilities right so they probably got some of the best jaguars Mm -hmm. right or the Bengals who are practicing outside (laughs) still or or the browns probably too (laughs) right so i mean he's in a good spot to uh uh, be with the help that he needs so he's probably already getting nfl level treatment before even going to the nfl on his knee
0: Yeah, he was buried in Ohio State behind Wilson and... Olave
2: um, and McLaurin. Yeah, and McLaurin and decided like to... That was like his rookie year, or freshman year, but yeah.
0: And then transferred to Alabama and was a stud. Yep. Um,
2: honestly, the interesting thing about, about Williams at this point, when mock drafts were first coming out, it made it sound like he was going to fall towards the back half of the first round because of the injury. And now a lot of people are showing him possibly being the first, first receiver off the board. Yeah. You know he's almost guaranteed a top fifteen pick at this point, which is pretty interesting coming off of the injury. And he, as Trey said, yeah, ACL injuries are not what they used to be in terms of you know how long you're out and being able to bounce back to your prop, your prior form. The issue with his ACL injury is when it occurred. It was in the last game of the season. It was the National Championship game, and that's the only problem. So he could actually end up still missing like the first month or so of the season, but. Whoever drafts him, they're getting an instant starter when he is healthy. So that's that's huge. Um, honestly, as James said, uh, I mean he's probably the most explosive guy in this class, and you can say he led the nation with eleven touchdowns of thirty or more yards last year. <laughs>
0: eleven big plays. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's all he did. Yeah. Um, and so and honestly, the only thing that I could really nitpick in his game, other than you know being slightly frail, because he is a smaller receiver, is uh, his breaking, getting in and out of his breaks, so, and that's, I think this is super coachable, coachable for him, because all he's doing is that he's getting his legs, like, too far out from underneath them, instead of getting his, hit them under, or, you know, they're too far to the outside, he needs to keep his legs underneath them, and he'll be able to get in and out of his breaks easier.
0: Yeah, a little bit more control, and you never want to tell someone to slow down, but, um, he can afford to slow down <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he's got the speed to accelerate and, and separate. So. Well, while we're talking about negatives
1: for him, I really thought, because now we're going to the NFL level, right, where he's going to experience people up in his face a lot more often trying to jam him off the line. And in times in college where he was getting jammed off the line, it totally threw his rhythm off. It just threw yeah. everything off, at least from the film that I was watching. It just it basically takes him out of the play when he gets jammed and he's already a smaller guy like you guys said and he's gonna be in the nfl against you know better competition so that's one thing that worries me about him
2: yeah and i get that too devontae smith had the kind of the same thing when he was coming out and he's still adapting and i think that's just a coaching thing um it's so easy even you know going to alabama to just rely on your natural ability because even in college you're still gonna be better like he was probably better than all but maybe one corner that he ever faced his entire career, right? Yep. And in the NFL, it's different. So, like, when he gets to the NFL level and they can coach him how to jab, you know, step this way, step that way, whatever it is to get around the press, he'll be better.
0: Yeah, I would also say he can definitely bulk up, get a little stronger. You know, he's only 190 pounds, but he's still six foot two, so he's got yeah. some height. He, he's got some he's got some, he's got some reach there, Um, some long arms. Like, he can definitely, that's something that can definitely be worked on and, and improved at the next level. Um, especially if he puts on a, a little bit of weight, a little bit of strength.
2: Um I mean not like he he puts on, you know, ten to fifteen pounds of muscle, like it's game over. Yeah.
0: He's a I will
2: I will say this too. I didn't I didn't mention it earlier. I think Willie uh Williams actually has the ability to be the best receiver out of this group. Yeah. Uh um, sure. I like Drake London more right now, but I mean Williams definitely has the ability to be you know, the best receiver in this class.
0: Could be the most prolific, the best for fantasy purposes if he's able to make big plays at the next level like yeah. he did in college.
1: Well, Not and- if he goes to the goddamn Jets like Peter Schrager thinks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they already have Elijah Moore. That doesn't man. make any sense to me, honestly, but that's for a Hey, man, lay, lay off
2: Shregs. All right, I like Schrags.
1: I love him, dude. That just doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. They already have Elijah Moore who yeah. is like kind of reminds me of Jameson Williams in a way. So, yeah. like, I just, I think it doesn't make sense I to me. I like looking me, but- at
0: his mocks just because I feel like like, his process is the best in terms of just, like, going based off of what the teams are telling him, you know, instead of, like... Well, and he's a great insider. He has yeah. knowledge that people,
2: other people do not he's have. He's got
0: really good... He's really connected, so... Yeah.
2: And that's the that's one of the things, like, what James was talking about, you know, fantasy-wise. I was so happy when I saw him going in the end of the, the, end of the first rounds, Like, he's going to a playoff team that could probably use him, like, you know, the Chiefs, the Packers, they could oh, both man. use him. I was like, and he would be an instant fantasy star. Oh, yeah. If he goes to the Commanders or the Jets, right? Um, you know, that's just not as not as appealing.
0: All these shitty teams taking all the good receivers, man. Yeah, or it's the annoying. Seahawks, geez, career ruiner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think the Seahawks are taking a receiver at nine.
1: Yeah, I'm just talking shit because you like the Seahawks, but yeah.
2: Well, I mean, we've done pretty, you know, lock it, DK. For now. Well... So that's a, that's a. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll discuss
1: that after the draft because you know they, they, you know, Tyler Lockett might not still
0: be there. All right, Garrett Wilson, the next guy on the list. Uh, six feet tall, 192 pounds, out of Ohio State. Um, you know, it was. It's kind of funny him between him and um, Alave. It's been back and forth, kind of all year. Like, who's the real number one? who's the number two, like, who's the best NFL prospect and kind of bounce back and forth between the two. But to me, Garrett Wilson, where he excels at is creating space. Um, I feel like he's in, he's an elite, you know, separator already, um, really, really good route runner um, and can really make plays at every level of the field. So, you know, Garrett Wilson slides in at four for me, right? Yeah, four. I just think these other guys that we've talked about, the first three, um, they have a little bit like Garrett Wilson could become like a really good number two receiver. You know, he could be a good number one receiver as well, but I just think the other guys have a little bit more upside um, fa- for fantasy, anyways.
1: I have Garrett Wilson the highest out of all three of us. I got him at number two. And I'm just going off of film. Like, I, really, I just did my rankings off of how impressive they were on film. I didn't really consider like their potential fantasy impacts. But I think Garrett Wilson is definitely he's set just to start in the NFL. Whenever he gets drafted, he's good to go for me. And he's he's a yards after the catch monster. He's extremely fast and elusive. I think someone's going to find a good way to use him. I know he's a little bit smaller because he's only six feet, one ninety, but. Uh, I guess this isn't really that great of a comparison, ranking him that high, but I mean, Hunter Renfro is only 5'10". And just he uses his elusiveness and his smarts to kind of make things happen. So I think with Garrett Wilson's elusiveness, it really gives him a really, really big advantage in the way that he runs routes that um, I I put him above Traylon Brooks and Jamison Williams. But at at the same time, like we're literally talking, like this almost reminds me of like talking about like the top tight ends it's everything is like so close within like the top three guys that they're all basically the same. And we're talking like the top five and like the difference between these guys really is very minimal. But I like Garrett Wilson a lot, very quick and elusive. Like once he gets the ball, you never know what he's going to do. That boy's going to get off on you.
2: His ball skills are great. I have him three on my list. Um, And I actually completely disagree with what James said about him being a good route runner. I think his tape is deceiving because he has such good acceleration on burst that he creates separation, even though he's a poor route runner. Um, I mean, if you look, you bastard.
0: Honestly, <laughs> but he's but a poor route runner, but he creates really good separation because he has
2: such a, he has such good acceleration. Like, I mean, if you watch his route running, he has his feet are too choppy at the at the break, so he doesn't get in get in out, of, out of them quick enough. But his acceleration helps because he can still just run away from guys. You can if you watch certain certain film of his, he looks like like he'll go out there running a route like he's playing backyard football. He has no idea like which way he actually is gonna go. He's just kind of out there, ah, oh, gonna do this and then I'm gonna do that and, and yeah, there's no plan out there. So <clears throat> I think, but he but again his ability he has such great raw ability that it didn't matter. When it comes to the next level, that's when it's gonna matter. I think. As is his raw his raw talent is good enough to be to come in and make a very like James said a really good re, uh, receiver number two, I think if he can hone in the route running, which I think is going to take some time and some pretty good coaching because it's really really raw I think his route running is then he could become a a really good wide receiver one, but I mean against certain certain coverages and against certain uh, DBs they'll make him look
1: foolish. Yeah, I was going to counter by saying, weren't we just talking about how once you get into an NFL organization, your coaching can really improve your route running? But you did say he's so raw that it might take a little bit longer than these other guys. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like
2: like the other guys, I'm seeing like just little tweaks to make the route running better. I think he needs like a full like rebuild from the ground up for his route running.
0: It's kind of interesting. Shrakes has him going to the commanders, you know, with the Terry McLaurin kind of rumors going around. Yeah.
2: Actually, the funny thing too, Garrett Wilson gets comp- has a lot of pro comps to Terry, Terry McLaurin. <laughs> um So, Could but he's he's there. faster though. He's a lot faster than Terry is.
1: That's kind of scary. That's, a, that's <laughs> a little scary. Faster than scary Terry. Ooh.
0: Um. Okay. Well, let's move on here. Who do we want next? Chris Alave, six foot one, hundred eighty seven pounds. How are we feeling about Christopher?
1: Uh, it's unnerving anytime you talk about someone playing in the NFL whose um, body information reminds me of myself. <laughs> I'm about six foot, 180 something. Obviously, not an athlete like he is, but I'm just like, damn, the boy definitely needs some more weight on him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you throw me on a field, I'm going to get tossed around. I don't know. So, obviously, the smallest guy out of this class that we're talking about right I mean, no
2: six, no he's <laughs> john not? Dotson is
0: really small yeah Dotson's small Five eleven, one eighty three. 183 sky moore's 510 He got a little bit more weight though 195 pounds yeah
1: but sky Moore. i mean we'll get there sky's a the limit <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, my turn am i going <laughs> oh yeah it's totally your turn <laughs> you okay. gotta, you I, thought you were, I thought you were gonna keep going there <laughs> oh no that's the
1: only uh pun i could think of <laughs> pun and done is what i say <laughs>
2: on, the, on the receiver we're not even talking about yet um, all right, yeah, Chris Olave. I have him sticks on my board, um, and I don't know. I just think he has a lower ceiling. I think he has a has a good floor. I just don't think his upside is that high compared to a lot of the other guys here. Um, I think coming yeah. out of out of college, he's the best route runner of the bunch. Um, he can create separation at all three levels when it comes to his as route, route running, and he's really good at high pointing the ball. That's why you saw him make you know his highlight reel is very fun to watch because he high points the ball and. Came down a lot of touchdowns because of it. Um, but, yeah, I just think that his ceiling just isn't there compared to all these other guys, and that's why I have him rank lower.
1: Well, he – this is the second Ohio State we're talking about, right? Uh, Ohio State wide receiver that we're talking about. Yep. So, when you're talking about, like, his route running, like, I'm not doubting his route running, but uh, in your write-up, like, you brought up a great point that he's basically not facing the top – competition on the other side because yeah um because we got god why am I thinking We're forgetting the name right now because we got Garrett Wilson on the other side yeah. so he's not always going up against the best defender on the others the other side of the field and I think that brings up a great point that he's not really um his stats might be inflated
2: right yeah I specifically said my biggest concern is that his production was more a product of great scheme and other high level pass catches be on the team rather than his own natural ability and you know you're talking about Two receivers from the same team possibly going in the round in the first round. uh That doesn't happen very often. Um, if you look back, I'm sure there's only a handful of them that were a handful of times where both those receivers ended up being good NFL receivers. So we'll see what happens with that.
0: Yeah, for sure. My, uh, <clears throat> take on Alavi was very similar to her box. Um,
2: Will oh, use my full name?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there. Oh, giving out some information. <laughs> am, I, am I in trouble? Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't have to go much further. I think he had a. Uh, he has the highest like floor right now, but his upside. I think we know like what you see is what you get. Right? Yeah. Out of Chris Olave, like I don't think there's much more to be had there. Um. But I think he can come in and be productive. But I see him as more of a wide receiver two in the NFL um rather than a um a, a wide receiver one a real differentiator good route runner you know high IQ um in for his position um I, you know I saw him like sneaking into uh, some zones really well um and you know when the ball comes his way he does a good job and he catches it so you
2: No know, he kind of reminds me of honestly he's a little more athletic um than the guy I'm gonna mention, but I think they play the game similarly. I think he's like a more athletic version of Juju.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, for sure. Well let me
1: get, ask you guys this, because he's a uh he started for a few years at Ohio State, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, two or three probably. Or at least he was on the field for I think three seasons total.
1: Right. So obviously he's got a pretty decent IQ. Um honestly I forgot what my second point was going to be about that. I was gonna lean into it and I'm just like <laughs> totally blanking on it right now. So, yeah, just keep on moving without me because I'm going to waste time. (laughs) I don't know what I was going to say. Well, we can move
0: on to your guys' next favorite guy up in the sky. Do you want me to give you a little more? (laughs) God damn it. I thought you were setting me up for it. (laughs) Sky Moore, 5'10", 195 pounds out of Western Michigan. 1,292 yards last year, 10 tuts. How do you feel about him?
1: Hey, there was another good receiver that came out of a small Michigan school by the name of Antonio Brown. And yeah, Michigan's not a very big state. It's probably like an hour away at, at Central Michigan. So, hey, you know, a little something-something for you. <laughs> That's his comp. <laughs> That's not my comp, but uh, uh, we already talked about it. I, I, th- I, when we, I saw that he was from Western Michigan, and I was like, oh, shit, is that where Antonio Brown was from? But, I mean, I think that's a good example of that. You can come from a smaller school and still be very productive. Cooper Cup is a way more recent, better yep. example, coming out of Eastern Washington University. Shout out to the Eagles. <laughs> Somewhere near where we are recording now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right uh sky Moore. i feel like you were gonna keep talking This is the second time this happened <laughs> <laughs> You he's like stop i was going to i was just i
1: was catching my breath just take it take away dude deep breath. take it away dude all
2: right so going through all these receivers honestly sky Moore has become one of my favorite players in the entire draft i loved watching his film i mean the dude just plays with so much heart and fire and tenacity um i brought up earlier that you know drake london scorched almost the rest of his class in terms of force missed tackles the only guy on our list that beat him was Skymore who had 33 to uh Drake London's 22 so I mean that just shows you I mean he the dude plays is just great great heart I love watching it um and honestly, I found a really good quote from a guy named Chris Trappaso from CBS Sports. And I think it epitomizes who Moore is, and I think he said it better than I ever could, so I'm going to quote him. He says, uh, Moore crushes the hopes and dreams of cornerbacks off the line of scrimmage. He runs sharp routes. He's a speedster with enormous catch raiders. The hands over 10 inches help, and he is a tackle break machine with a ball in his hands. Take a deep breath. Say it with me. Sky Moore is a first-round receiver.
0: Ooh, he's been projected a lot in round two. Um, I think he's going to sneak
2: into the back end of round one, honestly.
0: What are you thinking, like pick 28?
2: Eight, yeah, Possibly, <laughs> possibly, <laughs> uh-huh. possibly.
0: Uh, yeah. I'll give uh, Mark Murphy a call, let him know our thoughts. Um, yeah, I love it. I love him as a player, the tape. like He's a football guy Yep, through and through, so um, I wouldn't be mad at that him joining the pack at all and i think there's some real fantasy value there as well so uh, especially if he goes to somewhere like the the packers um or anywhere with a competent quarterback yeah a a quarterback that throws with his eyes open
2: (laughs) i mean obviously another team in the back half the chiefs are going to be looked at yeah with every receiver available in the back half because of the tyree kill trade so for sure
0: for sure. All right. Uh let's do one more here, right? Yeah, I got one more on the list. Mr. Jahan Dotson, five foot eleven, little guy, hundred and eighty three pounds. So smaller frame for sure out of Penn State. Uh excuse me, put up ninety one receptions for one thousand one hundred and eighty two yards and twelve touchdowns last year. Tell me why you like uh Dotson or Oh uh, Yeah, Dotson,
2: he comes in at number seven on my list, and I think after him, there's a pretty big drop-off um, when it comes to receivers, and he'll probably go... I know he he's even projected the back half of first round or second round, and I think he's more of a second round guy, most because of his size, but we'll, we'll get to that here in, in a bit. Honestly, anytime Dotson has the ball in his hands, he could take it to the house. Like He's got that kind of speed, that kind of explosion. Um, He has speed at all three levels. Drag routes, intermediates, posts, go routes, um, use him in, you know, screens and jet sweeps. And he I mean, if he finds a little bit of a crease, he's gonna get through it. So they you know, at Penn State use him. He was he was an outside receiver, he played in the slot, played in the in the backfield. Uh he's also a really, really good returner, which is actually where his biggest value is gonna be early in his career, is gonna be as a returner. Um, you know, I could when he when he returns, he kinda reminds me of um Joystick. Who was the guy who played for the Chiefs back in the day?
0: Oh.
1: dante hall dante hall yes yeah. Ooh. he kind
2: of reminds me of him returning kicks you know he's got like just like you never know what he's gonna do but it's gonna be spectacular to watch so you want to you know, keep it on it his biggest concern as i said is his size he's so small and even in college he you could see him get bullied you could see him and when they pressed him he couldn't get off the press very well uh when it, it comes to a comeback route or you know, uh, in inner out routes, you can see DBs kind of basically push him out of the way to get to the ball because um, he can't stand his ground very well. He also, when he yeah. is in the open field, you get basically get a hand on him at all. He's coming down, he's that small. He like arm tackles are or, or he can't break an arm tackle. So that's the biggest, biggest, biggest concern for me. Um, his explosion is what keeps him on my list ahead of guys like uh, Pickett from, from Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. or um, the kid from North Dakota State.
0: Uh yeah, I know who you're talking about, and I forget his name. Um yeah, interesting looking at Schrager's Mock again here. He's got the Packers taking Dotson at 22. So he said I think the Packers take the best receiver left on the board. He's got all these other guys getting drafted before that. Um All of them excluding Skymore. He doesn't have Skymore in the first draft or first round.
2: So he has six first round receivers? Yeah. Or Dotson is a six, and there still could be one after him.
0: Dotson's a six. There's none after him. Um. Hmm.
1: Hey, fun fact: last uh, two receivers drafted from Penn State that were relevant—Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson. Obviously, way different body builds, but I yeah. thought <laughs> uh, that was pretty cool.
0: That'd be interesting to see the Packers take him there at twenty-two. I mean. Everyone thinks, you know, everyone knows they're desperate for a receiver, but I don't know, man. That I mean, I, I guess the I thinking so. there
2: could be that you already have your big body receiver in Lazard. I so guess, why not yeah. get the speeds there to kind of complement it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I can
1: kind of see that, but damn, first rounder for a guy of that size. Yeah. I mean, I understand <laughs> the skill set, but that just, it. I guess I'm still thinking old school. Like everyone's part of like at at one point the receiver class has to fall off, right? No, nothing is forever, you know. Like we go through phases in the NFL where like running game was important, then all of a sudden it was, you know, the passing game and defense we've seen how it's basically been destroyed through the rules and allowing more offense to happen. Like there's no end in sight really for wide receivers, but at one point one of these wide receiver classes really has to not just fit the bill.
2: Right. Uh, the I think you from North North Dakota State, by the way, is Christian Watson. I can't remember his name.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yep. He's a good prospect himself.
2: Yeah. He he's decent. I think he's more of a one trick point. I I think he is actually out of all these guys we've talked about, is like that more traditional high point, fifty fifty ball guy, like a possession receiver and does have offered much more upside outside of that.
1: What what do they call that in college? Is that division two? FCS. Or, or, oh FCS, right? So that's yeah. like where like uh Eastern Washington is yep. also, right? So I mean that's where like Cooper Cup came out of. It's it's interesting like I think the top division or top FCS guys are a little more interesting these days especially receiver wise because it seems like some guys are breaking through. Yeah, but
2: I mean Cup won the Walter Payton Award which is the Heisman trophy of the FCS. So like that has to go for something.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's like a, a very complimentary comparison for him. But I'm just bringing that up that, you know, if, if you're the top guy in the FCS, it definitely means something in the NFL these days.
0: This is kind of interesting report. Uh, Dotson actually weighed in at 178 pounds at the Combine. So, He's little. Okay, Let's come on. So if I'm playing three, on, there. so if
1: I'm playing three on three against Jahan Dotson, I'm feeling pretty confident. <laughs> I'm gonna take him in the post. until he jumps <laughs> over you, yeah, <laughs> he dunks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no way, dude. Whatever
1: you guys play basketball with me, it ain't happening. It, it is unless you're six two. You're right. I yeah. have played basketball. He, with he really has a 36
0: nice. inch vertical jump. Pretty good. Yeah. Decent. He's a freak athlete. Extremely fast. um that's obviously what he's going to have to rely yeah. on. And, you know, his speed is crazy. Like his
2: tape speed and his game speed is much faster than what he actually ran in the forty. He ran a four four three forty, which
0: I don't give a shit about forties, dude. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I know. Like, it's, I'm yeah, just saying it's just it's, it's
2: always interesting to see like when one correlates to the other and when it doesn't, yeah. and how and how that that changes things. Like also, you'd much rather go off of what you see on the field. Um, yeah. It's just one of those interesting things that you think that guy like him would be in the four threes. he ran a four, you know low
1: 4-4. Jerry Rice ran a four seven one.
2: Dude, that was thir- 30, 40 years ago?
0: <laughs> there's been a lot of, like, uh, cases, though, where you I'm could, just saying. If you went and looked at it, like, there's a lot of guys that, you know, run away from people on the field but ran a fucking 4-6 or 4-5 right. or whatever, you know, and it's like... I don't know, man. Track speed and football speed are two completely different things. Yeah, so well, I don't take... much. I don't put much credit to the 40s
1: well i mean we're talking like little like a 40 yard dash untouched and we're comparing guys that are doing like four fours versus let's just say a four six we're talking two tenths of a second over 120 feet yes like it's definitely a little bit of separation but it's it, it i feel like it's 100. not that significant especially oh. if you don't have any pads on
0: <laughs> do the math yeah 40 yards is <laughs> 120 feet but get- I, I
1: i correlated
2: to the football field. like there's 300 feet in a football field <laughs>
1: Hey, I'm getting, I'm getting metric, dude. I know I'm getting off the imperial system. <laughs> Shout out to the rest of the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, be that, different. That's about it,
0: right? Anybody else you want to bring up? Nope. Randy we'll Moss be, ran uh, a four two five. We'll be going back through <laughs> all these guys after the draft. Only seven days away, man. It's exciting. Um, so we will definitely be covering all the rookies uh, once we know exactly where they're going, and then we can give some real fantasy outlook um, kind of on their year one potential. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Should we
1: do a draft special on Thursday night? The first round is next week, and by the time we usually record, the end of day one is going to be done. Day one, first round picks will be in.
2: Yeah, I mean, you guys can do that. I won't be be here. You'll be in Hawaii. I'll actually
0: be coming back from Seattle that same day. I think I get in at like 4.00. So, so know. yeah, I mean, if
2: you guys want to, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to do, like uh, instant reaction type of episode if you guys, that's what y'all wanted to do. But
0: yeah, we could we could figure something out. Yeah, you could fuck some shit up. Well, something, something for the peeps. Yep, yeah, little instant reaction a and fantasy then, fam. Uh, we'll have more in depth stuff throughout the off season talking whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> fantasy anything and everything. Yeah. So Probably hit us l- up on Twitter if you have any um, thing you'd like to say to us at the FF Fathers. What were you about to say? Uh I was gonna say,
2: like after we get through the draft stuff and like re ranking our guys after the draft, you'll see a lot of dynasty stuff from us uh for the rest of the offseason until we get, you know, into the preseason game and whatnot.
0: Producer just said he'll see a lot of you'll see a lot of dynasty <laughs> stuff. So I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> Decision made. Uh appreciate you all listening and um enjoy the draft and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, if you made it this
1: far, like. Subscribe, <laughs> rate the show. We greatly appreciate it, and be a friend. Tell a friend. Yes, sir.
0: I <laughs> thought like you guys fucking coordinated that. I <laughs> 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 <Yeah. Yeah. laughs>